Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ah, this restaurant car presents us with such a delightful array of cakes and fancies. And what better place to enjoy an episode of, of Joyride. Very excited today because we have a tremendously talented guest, one of the noted most fantastic photographers of her generation, a great portraitist but a great photographer of many different subjects indeed, and a wonderful person in many elements. I'm delighted to say that it is Mary McCartney. Yes! Yay! Hail Mary! That was very lovely, thank you Jules. We were talking about records, weren't we? We were Vinyl records. That's right. They have a huge um, uh, increase in people by having vinyl records. Yeah. I've been buying a lot of 78s. But see, my son, my, my 12-year-old has become obsessed with vinyl and then my niece and nephew similar age. So it's like the, te- the like 12, 13 teenagers. And they don't want to buy all the second-hand stuff. They want to buy like Tyler the Creator or... Caesar or yeah, so they won't, want my, so they won't want my 78s. At this point, so I'm trying to find, I'm sure there's like a, an app or a, a website that sells secondhand new stuff as well. I'm sure there so. must be. i tell you about the 78s though, I just because talking about journeys, mm. I mean, it's not all about that, but Charlie Watts told me, just drop a name there, <laughs> but he told me, go to Tuchler Records in Vienna because in Vienna, for some reason, there's a, they have an obsession with Boogie Woogie and they do it with great precision. So I went to Tuchler Records on the edge of Vienna fantastic record shop thousands of records anything you want all the best records that actually your children wouldn't want because it's not Tyler and all of that and then I said oh Charlie sent me and said you've got 78s and they said oh yes come with us and they, they, the grandsons right now when their grandfather ran it when seven, they stopped making 78s he said well I'm not selling them cheap and so he just kept them and so in the special room upstairs you go out the back of the shop round the it's like the sort of place where people would have hidden in the second world war round this corridor where you can hear your footsteps echoing and you go in this room you open the curtains like in Miss Havisham's room walls of blues boogie woogie rhythm and blues 78s from the 40s and 50s but like in mint condition perfect condition yeah yeah and I mean it's just oh. loads of them and it's like whoa did your heart explode my, my with heart joy? Exploded. I collapsed actually. <laughs> Do you get a good feeling when you play them though? Yeah. Beyond good. When yeah. you put the needle on yes. that, it's just like. But, uh, and, but the thing is, you, it's important to play them on a good quality system. Yeah. You mustn't play them on a wind up one with a big needle. You've got to play them on a good quality yeah. system through big speakers and an amp. And suddenly you hear all this stuff you've never even heard before. And you have to change the needle specifically for the 78. Yes, it, but on a modern deck. What do, you, what do you listen to music at home on? Well, I listen on Sonos. But when I'm at home and I'm cooking, I, I'm a big fan of a playlist and I kind of do love Apple Music and the fact that I can just go onto my phone and just put together a playlist or 
What's your favourite? If you're, I mean, you've written a number of uh, wonderful cookbooks, but if you're at home just cooking for yourself or your family, what's your what's your signature dish? Well, now I'm always kind of developing recipes because you know I've done a cooking show on Discovery yes. Plus, so for that I actually need to sort of come up with new recipes, and um, I'm always kind of coming up with ideas that because it's not aimed at vegetarians or vegans it's more people that are meat reducers sort of trying to entice them over so I sort of put some music on start cooking and sort of inventing not really cooking the same thing nice. all the time but I'm loving pies I like pies. things with gravy Love a pie. I like sort of um, big elaborate salads my kind of American side, because Mum was American, it's sort of got to have everything in it. But I'd like, the, I'd like to, I'd like to have a pie and an elaborate salad on the side. Where yeah. would you be on that? I love pies. When I was in Australia, uh, there's pie shops everywhere. Yeah. Have you seen that? Have you been to Australia? Yeah. It's, I put on like land down fourteen under. pounds when I was in Australia. I put on so much weight because the food. Yeah, because it's pie so shops good. everywhere on every <laughs> corner. Have you, have, you, have you been there? I have. Pie, I have. Have you seen all the pie shops? Do you know, the thing that struck me in Australia was the extraordinary geological wonders and the landscape. It wasn't the pies, but I'll take your word for it. For I me, stop, it was I the pie shops. Pies. And it looked to me like it was like 1950s Kansas, but with a Cockney pie shop on every corner. But then I'm also a really big fan of a soup and a sandwich. Yeah. Yes, soup that's and, very I nice. know you well, like sandwiches. I We've do eaten like, sandwiches. Cheese and pickle sandwich. Cheese and pickle sandwich. I like cucumber. I love sandwiches. I like an uninterfered with sandwich. Yeah. When I was a kid, one of my favourite sandwiches was tomato with sugar on it in a sandwich. Yeah. Does that sound unusual? It does sound unusual, but I'm not judging you at all. Well, you I like a mayonnaise and tomato Ooh, sandwich. Lovely. That's nice. With pit, with little silver skin onions Ooh. stuck in. I think Ooh, a lot like of the, the things Ooh. are uh, like Ooh, that. Hang on. Just, can I just go back to that? Tomato, mayonnaise and silver skin. I like silver that now. I was experimenting with sandwiches. And one that my favourite that I came up with, white bread, Granny Smith, apple mm-hmm. and mayonnaise. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you like a bit of sweet and savoury. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it. Yeah, it? yeah. I mean, sliced. I would try it. It probably wouldn't be my favourite, but I would happily eat it with you. But you're very right. broad-minded. I, what I a, would what like a... that. I'm obsessed with the um, Hellman's vegan mayo at the moment. I'm a bit of a mayo mayonnaise well, I, I would addict. Like to, I like a bit of mayonnaise, but the trouble is, I think it's addictive. Once you start, yeah. you can't. You cannot. I'd have just so mayonnaise use, on toast. I use nice. mayonnaise as my base for any sandwich instead of butter. It's like again to my American side because Mum was a New Yorker. We grew up on those deli sandwiches, so I'm like mayo, mustard, lettuce. I'll stack it up. Yeah, no, fair I'm enough. I'm really what, not what, afraid where, of a condiment where, in a sandwich. Where do we stand out of interest? This is a little bit controversial. Grated cheese. No. No. No, no. How can you judge him when you've just said you like apple and mayonnaise? It's just, I can't see any point in having grated cheese I in agree. a sandwich, especially if you're driving. And I know you're not supposed it's to drive really and eat sandwiches, messy. are you? Not, not, but not it just all falls out. You know, supposed, it wouldn't be my choice, but I mean, who are we to judge? If someone wants to grate their cheese... yeah. Then they should be allowed to. Yeah, but, but I we're th- not going to do it. I, right? I, but I think we're not being invited. We're being given a sandwich which we bought in the motorway calf, <laughs> and we haven't and we haven't asked them to grate the cheese, but they've grated it. They've made uninvited. It. If I was having a cheese and onion sandwich, I'd want a slab of cheese and a sliced onion, the whole thing, because I like a lot of onion. Mm. And forget all that. There's no need to grate. No, no, that's no. actually quite hardcore. 
you are one of the world's noted photographers now. Quite hard to follow in the footsteps of a parent because your mother was a very famous photographer, but you have you have done with great success, photographed a lot, lots of the great things in the world, had some wonderful Including books. Including you. Uh, yes, exactly. I thought that was one of the greatest <laughs> things. But when you're travelling, because this is what partly what this is about, are you always ready to take a photograph at any, any at the drop of a hat if you see something going on out the window? Yeah, I need to always have some way of taking a picture. But that, as you say, mum was a photographer and she always had a camera with her. So, yeah, when I was driving here today, I was looking out the window, noticing different buildings, different shops, people. I'm a big people watcher. I like pictures taken out of the window of a car. Mum did a book called Roadworks, which was all like I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, And that was a lot of And you get the good reflections on the windscreen. That's when I realised how amazing a photographer she was because she just made it look very easy. And then when I became a photographer, I was like, I'm I'm actually going to do it and... She gave me a camera, a little Leica R, and Dad would drive. We'd be in, you know, a lot of road trips up to Scotland or Liverpool as kids. And Mum would see something, take a picture, done. Whereas I'd, like, go to take a picture and I'd be like, Dad, can you slow down? Could you turn back? It's like, no, we just go walk forward, we don't slow down. And literally I was like, how Mum got all of those pictures so beautifully... But also, I had full appreciation. I, I, so. but you told me once what she said the key to it was being in the right place at the right time as well. And also, when you take a photograph, which is interesting, is you're not really aware that you're being photographed. So the subject, for instance, if it were us, we wouldn't notice. Mary might be taking a photograph of us now. She appears to be just sitting there <laughs> with her arms folded. But actually, you know, th- this portrait will appear in the National Portrait Gallery tomorrow, you and I. It's, um, or it may be in that ring you're wearing. You take, do you know what a fella did that to me on a train once? And he had a ring which was a camera. What? And he, he was, I could say, what's he doing with his hand? Are you and he serious? Was, yeah, and he was taking pictures. It was like a spy camera. Yeah. Taking a picture of me with his with his ring. And how do you and know this? Because you... I saw, I, it was quite obvious once. I, looked, I thought, what's he doing with his hand? And then I looked at the ring and I could see him taking a picture. Wow. I mean, to, there's two sort of types of photography I do. One is to have a camera with me and be looking for moments. So, like, my archive is full of collecting pictures and images that then I can go back and reflect on and then the others are more I'm coming to take a portrait and it's more set up but all of it as you you were sort of touching on with mum and also my style is to sort of keep it quite laid back and not kind of come in and make it a big process it's really about collaborating and it's mm. about connecting with someone i think mm. and it being painless because i i remember there being which is always painless painless and pleasant i do feel like a torturer sometimes no, sometimes but you, but i do not, apologize there, to there used to be an old press <laughs> photographer called joe bang he was a perfectly nice fellow i don't know if he's still around but he used to take photographs of me and paul yates when we were doing the tube mm. and he'd always say right quick one big but big smiles big smiles no no okay yeah. okay chest in and we're endlessly bellowing yeah. his hand here and, he, and, and, and then at the end and then he starts saying okay now got him there got some great stuff there right now let's be doing some wacky ones for the kids I don't know quite what wacky ones for the kids yeah. was but it was quite by the end of it you felt quite exhausted and battered yeah. by the whole experience that's the Whereas, local photographer yeah exactly with Mary with her covert ways yeah you don't, wouldn't even know you've been photographed and that's when you know you're in, in the presence of a good photographer mm. I used to have a Leica M6 yeah do you Beautiful. use one of those that- I do I, I use the R cam Leica more which is not the kind of cool one, but I because my mum gave me one. That's the one I'm used to. But the M series is the oh, really that was brilliant. Great. I love They're that. beautiful. I, well, I used to take a lot of photographs of was and then I'd blow them up really big. It's quite yeah. horrific. This of dog dirt, 
I'd be out with Ooh. the kids and there'd be a dog shit. Yeah. And, and they'd go, oh, look out. And then because we ended up constantly having them pointed out and looking at them, I thought they took on particular shapes. Mm-hmm. And especially if someone had stood in it, what? I got one of them that looked like Christ because <laughs> someone had stood in it and took photographs of them and blew Black them up. And, and I had an exhibition. Colour. So what, a morphic Black. dog shit is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know. And, Black and white or colour? Um, no, these were colour. And you'd get all Nothing. manner of hues and, and what, things that you shouldn't really I did, examine. I do remember closely. seeing a dog, like a dog poo in the street in London, and it was so huge, and it looked like a Mr. Whippy the way yeah. it had been done. I, if I'd known you were doing that project, yeah, I would that, have phoned mm. you, and I would have protected it until you arrived. Those days are long gone now. Yes, I wonder if anybody <laughs> else has. has taking the same trouble yeah, to... Honestly, this is not making me feel good, this yeah, conversation. To, to do shit it's photography. It's like making me... <laughs> Thinking about dog poo is not good. When we were on tour once, I got a Polaroid camera. Mm, love and, Polaroid. And everywhere we went on tour, if I saw a bridge, I would take a photograph yeah. of it. And like you said, like through the window of a car. So a lot of them are quite blurred. And I was looking through a box of them the other day and I must have about 200 of them. With the advent of the, in the last sort of 10, 15 years of the cameras on mobile phones mm. and of course it means everybody's got a camera with them at all times mm-hmm. um do you think that's made people better photographers or do they not really think about it do you think i think that it's made people be able to take photographs a lot more so i like that it's much more accessible i think because of it there's a lot more photographs that you don't necessarily need in the world but you can you know you can take a better picture because you can look at it and compose it and whereas with film you know you you wouldn't know until you get the film back which is kind of what part of the joy was was sort of that I still shoot on film and I shoot on my phone and that but the thing is on my phone I had this project that I really liked which I did on Instagram called hashtag someone so like when I'm wandering around if I see someone interesting I'll take a picture of them on that and then upload it into Instagram and it just I saw this woman in the park and it just sort of happened spontaneously and became a project the woman in the park you took a picture she yeah. was just a woman you didn't know it was know. a woman who had long blonde flowing hair and I was in the park walking my dog and this that um, David Bowie song long blonde hair and eyes of blue came in and I sort of took a picture of her from behind with her hair blowing in the wind and I just uploaded it have you ever taken a picture like in blow up and there's something horrific going on in the background <laughs> Or something, I, or maybe not horrific, but something of interest. Well, there was a murder going on in the background of that. Yeah, no, I haven't, but I do like, I have like blown things up. Like when I look at things on a little contact sheet and then I blow it up six foot for an exhibition. And there's a spectre, And then you suddenly ghost. notice things or, yeah, maybe I would have thought it was like a reflection in the mirror, in the window, but maybe it's a ghost. But it's not. It's mm. someone looking through but the window. Jim knows much more about ghosts than all of us because he's, <laughs> he's experienced one that looked like an egg once. But um, <laughs> Which is always brought up. <laughs> yes, but if we, if, 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 the, the point is, with ghosts, can they be caught on camera? In other words, does the camera capture them where the human eye doesn't see them? Well, I, what I have noticed is if you take a picture of someone... That you know, say I'm taking a picture of you and we're out yeah. on, in, in the park. There's always somebody in the background looking at the camera. Always someone there staring at you. Is it the same person? <laughs> it's, and it's always <laughs> the same person. <laughs> this ghost that egg? follows you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Going back to journeys and vehicles and everything, if we mm-hmm. might for a moment, I mean, just as part of it, because not, you know, you've travelled a lot because you're, you know, your mother was American when you were small and everything like that. And um, your father They'd being be on too. tour a lot as yeah. well. And then for my job as well, you kind of get commissions it, to travel. It, do you enjoy travelling? I love going on adventures, but I actually can go on an adventure quite close to home. I do enjoy travelling, but I don't like flying. Mm. So I sometimes will try and talk myself out of trips. And then when I get there, I'm really happy that I'm there. I love trains. I love my new electric car. Listening to loud music in the car. And I like bicycles. Oh, yeah. How far can you go in your electric car? I can go, well, it says 250 miles, but I reckon it's more and like... Do you, have to, you have to find an electricity point. Yeah. Because I live in London, it's pretty easy, but I think going on a road trip is going to be challenging. What happens if you run out, I suppose? Do you get a, um, someone with a long plug? <laughs> really a long extension long. lead? You can actually get a plug, plug it into a socket. But no, actually, I have to say, um, I'm absolutely loving it. But yeah, I, lo- I like travelling. I trains? love trains. I love trains. What's trains are my favourite way. Like if I've got a photo shoot somewhere, I'll look to see if I can get the train first because also it's just more relaxing. What's your favourite And I don't train? like, could you, um, how many times have you been in a car with kids where you're like stuck in traffic on a motorway or something? It's just mm-hmm. like when you're on the train speeding past people, it's... You can go to the cafe, you can sort of send them to another carriage, get them away from you. (laughs) But go and get a Twix. Sit on the the driver's lap, which is what I like to do. Has that that happened? A few, okay. Do you go and see the train driver? uh, I've never seen the driver. No, but I've made friends with a number of train drivers and I have been in the cab and it's very exciting, if I may say so. It's really one of the best experiences ever. Have you been on a train, uh, not the the high-speed trains in Japan, the local trains in Japan? Anyone been See, on I the- haven't done much sort of exotic travel on trains. I would like to do that. I'd like to do Russia. I'd love well, to do Japan. In Japan, you I sit at the right of the front and you can see the, the yeah. driver is behind a glass window and you can see him and he wears white gloves oh, wow. and he points at everything. He's sitting on his own and he points at everything. He points at a little clock and then he points at the signal out of the window and points at everything just so he, know- so he yeah. knows what he's doing and everything's on time. No, I think a train is there's something also very uh, the pulse of a train and the fact that you're going through these strange places and you're seeing these little stations and, and worlds. Places sort of, you really wouldn't see otherwise. Right. But, another, but I do. I, I love a train. Another mode of transport that I believe you sort of use sometimes is the horse. Oh, the horse is my favourite. It's yeah. Where Again, would your favourite horse It's sort of like collaborative. Be? It physically changes your perspective and your mood and it allows you to look at everything and you kind of feel the motion of the horse and also um it really kind of allows you to look more at nature as well which is something like what flowers are out you can sort of go on real adventures on a horse 
Have you ever leapt over a person on a horse? (laughs) I have in the old days, yeah, because me and Stella kind of grew up learning to ride together. So I learned to ride by the way of sort of getting on a pony, riding off on it, being kicked off and having to walk home. So then next time I'd kind of learn to sort of hold on with my legs more. So it's sort of a, I feel like that's how I learned to sort of like, I don't want to be kicked off and have to walk home. So also it's really interesting. It, it, I've learned it more watching other people learn to ride. It's really about facing your own anxieties as well. And kind of, if you're scared, a horse will notice it. Like if you don't know what you're doing and you want to get off probably with you, if you're anxious, the horse would absolutely tell whereas if you get on and even if you feel a bit cautious you kind of kind of be like no we're going to do this I'm going to connect we're going to bond it's a whole different story there's a field next to where I live and all of a sudden there's about 50 miniature Shetland ponies which are about I don't know what three foot high yeah what's the point of them they (laughs) are and they might not be they might be called fellabellas they can pull. They can pull little carriages, but they're actually just cute Ooh, to have around. Pulling a little carriage a bit now. Why but don't no, we... they're actually better just to have around. Like you could get one and put it in your garden, and it'll eat the grass for you. And yeah. they're just oh, right, so yeah. cute and lovely. It's like getting a big dog. My wife wanted to get some of those ponies in a, in a field with, yeah. which you, the other thing you can get is giant rabbits. Why have you not done this already? Why are we talking about she wants to do this? Like it have you hasn't put your foot happened. down again? <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I couldn't. It just seemed like a giant lot rabbits to... and miniature horses next to each other. But if Mary's right and they would pull um, carriages, we then... have two little fellabellas, and I have to say they don't do anything except just wander around the stable, and they're just the cutest thing. And the en- their energy is just brilliant. They'll cheer you up. Well, I They'll make that's you a happy. Good thing, yeah. That's the only, mm. you know, you don't need them for so any other reason. So you wouldn't use them for ploughing or... Uh... No, but I'm actually doing an interesting personal project. I was watching Country File and they had a segment about the last working shire horses in London. And I Googled it and I contacted them and I've been going there and they are, they have 11 shire horses, which are an endangered breed. There are apparently less of them than there are pandas. And they do ploughing. We're going to do. They're in London. They. The first thing I went to, you would have loved. We went to um, Hampton Court Palace in January. They get all the horses sort of groomed and put ribbons in their mane, and they walk them across Hampton Court Park to Hampton Court Palace, and they're blessed. And then they walk them back. When you said they're working in London, what are they doing? They're cab driving? They are ploughing. I followed them to Hyde Park and they were preparing the ground to plant wildflower seeds. Nice. And they do horse rides and, and they work with people to sort of, you know, for horse therapy. But And also, I think they're even going to do a traditional kind of taking beer casks. Because they do that, don't they? Yeah, but they're really beautiful horses and they're really loved and the people working there, it's like a really beautiful place. It's like there's a real bond between them Um, because sometimes people are like, why would you do this to these horses? But actually, some of them come from a Shire Horse Rescue place. So it's like it's opened up a whole new area that I'd never... I quite like the idea of those dray horses bringing the barrels of beer. Mm. A friend of mine whose father had a pub in the 1940s said that the, the draymen used to come around in lorries, the ones that, but I mean, I think it's much better that they were the ones that used horses, but the ones that came in lorries, they would be big, tough sort of fellows with their flat caps and leather aprons and all of that and uh, collarless white shirts rolled up with their large arms, chucking the barrels in. Yeah. But he said in each pub, they'd have a pint. 
Oh, and nice. they get back in the lorry and drive on. Yeah, and by, so by the end of it, they've had like 16, 17 pints a day. But you know what's nice about the horse, the Shire horses, is that it sort of really takes you back to a pace of life yes. that is maybe not how it's done now. And it wouldn't so matter. So it's kind of nice to sort of bring the speed down. Exactly, a bit. bring the speed down. And it wouldn't matter, is my point, if the Drayman was. Uh, sort of, yeah, because uh, the horse uh, is clever uh, enough uh, to be like, oh, that drunk. idiot. It, it doesn't do matter because he'll, he'll, he'll just <laughs> even know where he was going anyway. Well, I think I'd then I'd like to see London. Also, you see, if you had dray horses, they're quite big. But these miniature horses, these uh, miniature horses that you're yeah. uh, we're, we're discussing, be perfect for instead of having electric cars. If everybody bring had carriages, back to London. Yeah, I think so. I think it would be a much. I'd love the sound of that. Environmentally friendly. Yeah, exactly. We'd have to really look after them, though. Yeah, well, of course. And love them. Well, we'd love them, and they'd, and they'd be bringing our, our deliveries. What, um, the horses? Yes. Yeah, I'd like to keep elephants. Yeah, so would I. Yeah, I used to, when I, when I, one of my first jobs was to work in the circus and repair the elephant's fezzes after they'd been in with the lion. Was it really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and here, a message from our sponsors. When you walk into a room, you appear to be surrounded by a tranquil haze, a shimmering mist of gossamer-like countenance. What's your secret? My secret? Chiffon, the most romantic of all fabrics. Have you tried an electric bike? I have not. Do you cycle? I do cycle. I like cycling. I like it. I like cycling. Around. I was. I have tried. An electric bike is remarkable because you get to a hill and it's like the giant hand of God comes behind you and yeah. pushes you up the hill. Oh, that would be heaven. Because really, I learnt to cycle in the like when we grew up down in the countryside, and I hate hills because I didn't have my driving license to get anywhere. You had cycle, and it's just so uphill, downhill, uphill. So I would love an electric, mm -hmm. but I don't like cycling in London anymore. No, because of the dangers. And that's where the electric. Yeah. Could Did be. you ever make a? Um, we used to call them go karts when we were, when I was a kid. You'd get a bit of an old pram, mm. and maybe some wood planks and things like that, and then make a little cart. Did you do that? Uh, yes, I did. And then a neighbour made one that was so clever; it was practically sort of an F one car. And it put us off after that. But it was quite good. And you have a bit of rope. Oh, intimidated. To, to, yeah, a little rope to, to drive yeah, it. Yeah, all that. Did yeah. you do that, Mary? I didn't do that. What um what I did was probably my equivalent was we got these again. My more American side coming out. We begged our mum and dad for Hot Wheels, mm, yeah. which were like low on the ground. It was a very manufactured item. Making wise, I probably it would be more camps and things. I probably wouldn't make transport for myself because then I was on the pony so I'd jump on a pony yeah. go build a or you camp. could have made a cart to go around the, on the back yeah. of it. we made probably be decorating my friend with... made an articulated one it, we spent all of the summer holidays making it and on the, the final week we'd finished it took it out for a test run and some big kids <gasps> came and stole it off us and smashed it up and oh, threw no. it over the cliffs oh. of a quarry that's it was devastating. That is actually very devastating. Yeah, but also, it's making me think about how, because we didn't grow up with iPads and things like that, how we would just go and spend a whole summer doing one thing like that. Yeah. Which is kind of... Building a den the yeah. whole summer. I mean, I don't want to show my age, but playing on bomb sites, anybody, or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> I still do. <laughs> no, but there were bomb sites around here, I mean, in the sort of 60s, and we marvellous, and you could sort of hide in them, and there would mm. be... Sometimes you've got people living there. 
What in the in the bomb sites? In the ruins, yeah. Who weren't related in any way to the bombings or anything like that. They were just sort of living in. Uh, in but the, what do you, yeah. I think the thing that is interesting about this is that it's that feeling of again that adventure of like going somewhere and now you aren't really allowed onto sites no. and sort of to go. No, that's right. You can't go anywhere. Mooching around. You can't. So go it's anywhere. sort of like what we're talking about is how amazing it felt to just go off and be like, "What's that? I'm going to like build a den around it, or it's going to become a contraption." I discovered a bomb on uh, the land, <laughs> land on, on, that I lived on. That's right, yeah. Did I, I tell you this? Yes. Unexploded or exploded? Uh, unexploded. And they, t- they, they brought round a lorry, put it in the back and blew it up. That's but quite scary, the, isn't it? Had you been living there for a while thinking, what if someone well, just... Well, it's, you know, all over Kent, there's yeah. billions of bombs scattered mm-hmm. around any, any, everywhere, I suppose. Oh, I did oh, love a metal detector growing up. Yeah. Metal detectors were oh, really I've good. That one. was like, I'm going to find something amazing. Did you discover anything worthwhile? No, it's just always little bits of ceramics and things. I would have loved to have found like an old sort of Roman gold yeah, ring I, Yeah, I, found, I had a metal detector. I, when I started digging, it's fantastic. I found uh, our own septic tank. You've, your own? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. That was quite an excitement. The last one I got, I've had a few in my time, but the last one I, I took the kids out with it and didn't discover anything. So yeah. I started throwing down 10 peas so they would find something. That's a good idea. And I got very excited. Yeah. That, but I, I yeah, never found anything worthwhile. I found, um, no, I didn't actually find this. I just had this made recently. I got um, a name bracelet. You know those cheap thick gold name bracelets yeah. and I got when you say cheap was that one you gave me the other day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on it it says Henry VIII King of the English I love it and, uh, you're going to chuck it down for somebody but to find that's exactly what I was thinking I'm going to throw that down there and somebody will somewhere and then wait until someone right. finds it so look Henry VIII King of the English this was probably his <laughs> yeah exactly you must I'll, have heard if I throw you'll it down see it on Greenwich a BBC Park, program yeah. somewhere it, then it'll get put in a museum i'll take it to the british museum yeah. so i found this with a metal detector it was probably given to henry the eighth by anne boleyn somebody did dig up um in a, uh, a field next to us which was really good a sheep spell from the 14th century and then he rang it because you could ring it just and all the sheep bit. from the 14th century turned up it, well exactly but it was hearing it was hearing the sound of the 14th century yeah, yeah. i mean what more could you want did you hear it yes yeah. Could hear the jangling of it. And you it, thought, well, that's exactly what somebody, some some sort of uh, p- person, when the, when the English language is just being born even, you know. People didn't speak what you would recognise. It was Middle then. English. So did it have, have the clacker in it? it? It had a jangler in it. It had a, it had a little chimer in it. What's it called? That is, it's got a, a specific name, a clacker or something, isn't it? Well, it was, a, it was the, the, the hammer that touches the bell. Yeah. I like clacker. Yeah, clacker sounds quite good. <laughs> the hammer that touches the bell—that's a good name for a film. Yeah, the hammer that touches horror. the bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your attendance and your kind words, Mary McCartney. Thank you, Mary McCartney. <laughs> well, there goes Mary travelling back to her domain. On a tiny, tiny horse. A tiny, tiny horse um, with a with an enormous talent. This podcast was produced and edited by Molly Stewart. Sound engineers were James Stewart and George Latham. Hold up. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.